This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome back to the show, where we talk about shows with our friends. On today's episode, we are talking about season one of Atypical. We already watched the pilot and episodes two and three and talked about those in our last two podcast episodes. And today, we are talking about the rest of the season of this Netflix original show that Eli chose. So Eli, lead us in. Yes. Atypical Netflix original show that we have just really, really enjoyed on this podcast. Steve, I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about season one, to dive into some of the stuff that happened in episodes four through eight. And moreover, I am looking forward to getting into some of the stuff we didn't touch on in the last couple episodes about both where the story and plot and characters go and also sort of what they do with this first season and the way that uh, they really, really deepen the interpersonal drama and relationships and stories and backstories and everything just goes to another level through the rest of this first season. And for me, Steve, watching this show, I just feel like this is such uh, an interesting, compelling, fun, brave, incredibly well-done show. And... I think we both agree that it's so refreshing to have a show like this that is so good, seemingly, you know, did pretty well, right? So well-received and successful run of four, I believe four full seasons on Netflix. So uh, really just excited to dive in a little deeper on this show and some of the season one stories, and then see, you know, if at the end of season one, you are ready to just keep on going, because I know I was ready to get back into season two. So, Steve, let's talk a little bit more about after now watching and taking a couple days with the, the rest of season one, what did you notice or what stuck out to you that we hadn't really touched on in the first couple podcast episodes? Great question. Yeah, and I definitely am glad that I took a few days to just digest this season one. And it was, I like the word brave that you used, and I I think that's really strong, that it was a really brave show, that it it tackled such complex issues in such a relatable way. Mm. I think the thing that overall 
stuck out to me. We've talked a lot about uh, the quality of the writing, sort of tone and style of the show, how it keeps it light and funny, and then drops you into these more intense moments of Sam's experience and of this neurological reality. Mm. And the thing that stuck out to me that I found was how much more developed the characters became throughout the season, how much richer and three-dimensional they became, how much more you learned, how they weren't the, especially the sort of exterior characters, the therapist, his friend at work, they weren't left in these kind of archetypal places. They all kind of really played a role mm within the main characters worlds and had their own arc and yeah the especially the friend kind of showing up at the end showing up when he after he had had his moment sort of in the finale yeah to like support him like there was some real like touching moments and you really go i mean talk about an arc for the therapist and even even for the bartender, right? I mean, it's just sure. sort of everyone had a journey. And that's, I, I felt like they left no stone unturned from a character perspective. Yeah. Yeah, and that I think ties into what we were talking about before with how tight the world is, right? Like we mm. see them in, you know, the exterior world, but we don't really spend much time with, anyone outside of these central characters you know we have the occasional you know drop in from evan's sister right the girl yeah. uh yeah. who likes to bake and uh loves casey because she punched the bully and we do have some fun little uh some little drop in characters here and there but for the most part the story is really the family and sort of each of them's, you know, almost one to three closest confidants. We get a little more of the dad's world. We meet his best friend from work, right, when he and his wife come over. And that, of course, scene reveals a lot about the dad and his mm -hmm. sort of um, not really confronting or being as open about Sam's autism as the mom would like, certainly. But yeah, we get a really cool glimpse into this family's life and then the cast of, you know, close, close friends, coworkers, and in Julia's case, uh, Sam's therapist. And what an yeah. arc that takes. <laughs> I know, unbelievable. And I, I really came to quite like her quite a bit. And in the pilot, I mean, just the difference, she really came off kind of one note playing one scene and then really where she went and the different colors and the range that the character let the actress sort of explore was really cool. And every other character that I mean, the only other significant character really is Paige that we haven't sort of touched on. And I feel like what she brought to the table really opened up or peeled off more layers of Sam and it juxtapositioned his character's journey really well. And they played off each other really well. Yeah. And 
you brought up the dad and I think that dinner scene was important and that reveal as we learn more about the dad and his past and running from the family, running from the issues and this realization that he was also remains ashamed and is hiding it to a certain degree Mm -hmm. um, really fosters more. It's, I don't want to call it a betrayal, but if we're looking at it from the mother's perspective, it's like he left, it was abandonment, right? He like abandoned them in real time many years ago. And then this notion of like not telling the coworker that his son has autism that he's so close with, it's almost like he revisited that abandonment and that trauma for the mother, for their relationship. It was, and uh, the fact that he dealt with it, he was open. The uh, I thought the relationship between him and the therapist and mm-hmm. how they they sort of crafted that. Right. Being its own thing that was borderline inappropriate or just too much. And yeah, I just think it was so well done, the writing and the acting and the, the character arcs were just so strong throughout. And I think if I was, you brought up, you know, what, what, what did you see that we hadn't talked about or sort of what surprised you or came up is how how much they stayed in the the family TV structure zone. And it made me think a little bit kind of of The Sopranos, where mm. it would be, you know, these mafia mini capers or the, or the plot line of the underworld. And yet he, then there was always the family right. that he was back with and what was going on with AJ and what was, you know, so it was very much... It's almost like autism is the mafia world here, but the family is um, living, trying to live, living a normal life as a family, dealing right. with this. And that that was cool. I, I just liked how they dug into that. So there was these exterior things that every family deals with. And also the reality, another really strong subplot or theme that I wasn't quite expecting to come out full force that came out was the sister's world mm-hmm. and things happening for her and it always having to take a back seat to the older brother right. autism, right? That, yeah. that I found that to be really strong. Yeah. Um, almost living in his shadow and uh, because this shadow is not, it's not that typical like, older sibling that's like great at everything shadow right it's like sam has autism and that requires just a level of attention and care especially from the mother um and what she's committed to that doesn't leave anything for casey and And leading to a climax right of that dinner scene where they can't even entertain an amazing opportunity for her because it immediately goes to sam and then the boyfriend's in that position where he has to get up and yeah. give like an empowered speech at dinner. Which that was a really, really funny, great. yeah, that's a really funny moment because he's like the most unlikely voice of reason standing up to this family. And then what I thought was really funny about that scene was that he just sits back down. Yeah. Like he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't, wo- yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, it really for him and his arc. 
works out, right? Because he basically earns the dad's respect. Yeah. In that moment, in that scene. And as we talked about a little bit before, the dad is very aligned with Casey in certain ways, and they do have their own relationship. And uh, I think that's also just something that's really, uh, really sort of relatable and amongst these stories we're talking about now and uh, deep, deep, you know, history and plot lines, you can see how for the dad, Casey's a lot easier to relate to um, and how they could almost share like a special bond within the family. Um, but at the same time, everyone seems to have taken a backseat to Sam for a lot of their life together, right? And that's, that comes out throughout the first season. And yeah, this amazing moment with Casey and, you know, that, that dinner table scene and then subsequently them acquiescing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Evan stands up for her at the dinner table and whether or not that's like actually a turning point for this story, it like really is the catalyst that, you know, pushes them to see uh, in a way, and especially the dad, you know, sort of how, how she's been overlooked. And there's, you know, the scene that precipitates that to some degree, which is when Casey breaks the record and mm, yeah. everyone yeah. misses it because mom's getting a call from the bartender and drops her phone and then Sam has an incident and cuts, you know, that's, that is so directly the final straw, mm. right? And then she sets the record. That's really like cements Clayton Prep coming after her, her getting all this interest. And then when they're not able to meet her or even show up at that dinner to be excited, not even pay attention, not even like stop yeah. and think about Casey. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a powerful moment. And I think anyone who is, you know, a younger middle sibling, um, whether or not your older sibling or siblings, you know, are on the spectrum or just simply hog the spotlight, suck up all the air intentionally or unintentionally, you know, this is very identifiable and uh, just one of the themes that's so true emotionally to human experience, in my opinion. And um, I think... Very relatable. Yeah, yeah. And as I think, we've both been saying, just so relatable. Yeah, it was just so relatable. And it, I think in that dinner scene, was that also the where, like, Paige was there and he, like, breaks up with her or there's, like, some moment where he offends her? There was a lot going on in that scene. It was really well-crafted. Yeah, no, he... Um, he breaks up with her when they're out to dinner with her family at the Olive Garden, and it's like in front of right. her whole family. Um, but oh, she reads his journal. She reads his right. journal, right, and right. they like she leaves, and then he goes after her, and so that goes down, and then they come back in together. Yeah, and Sam's like, yeah. "I have a girlfriend," and they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, yeah." That scene was great. Um, yeah, the, I mean, this first season was really, it was just really good. And the, like you're saying, it was, you mentioned the Olive Garden scene and, and it's, it was just interesting as they 
are showing this character with autism attempting, he wants to expand his world, right? Yeah. He wants to date. He wants a girlfriend or a practice girlfriend. Right. He wants to be more independent. There's even that uh, really powerful scene with Casey where mm -hmm. she's sort of talking to him about going to Clayton Prep, right? Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, go. I don't need you. You know, like, yeah. And then, uh, get out of my life, annoying sibling. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. I don't and need it just, you. Exactly. And it's a juxtaposition of the reality, excuse me, the reality that he faces as he's doing that, right? So the challenges, that's his goal. He wants independence. He wants to expand his world. And then the challenges are directly related to his autism. And in the moment of the Olive Garden was really cool. And even they, they had done a kind of prep trip yeah. that they heart that they even referenced was something they did a lot previously, right? Right, when he was younger. Like, oh, we haven't done this in a while. Yeah. That was cool. And that was really, that was cool because you got to kind of see them return to something that we had never seen, but they had done before. Yeah. And he was asking the Olive Garden hostess all these questions. And it was really <laughs> funny. But in the Olive Garden scene, you're just in his head, right? There's, there's a real um, stylistic shift in the filmmaking or television making of this when things become ramped up in his mind or there's an overwhelm in his mind right and in a second they and there's a a focus shift it i think it it kind of get there's a depth of field shift where it's out of focus behind him and everywhere else is moving super fast and then he's just sort of locked in super in frame mm -hmm. um that happens a few times and i just really like it happened in the room right when he had Paige over the f for the first time and she was touching everything and yeah and they kind of I feel like they turned her up even though she's sort of hyper and fast anyway right. that seemed like a stylistic thing where they made it even more probably like notched her up a little bit moving around the room and yeah. speaking um so I love that technical I'm a big fan of how um either mental illness or any kind of uh, psychology is represented in film and television and how they do that right. I always find super interesting yeah and they did it so well in this in this series and in this first season mm -hmm. and kept it grounded in the reality of this family and and with the comedic tone and keeping it fun but always having this really specific stylistic and technical element to representing his autism it was really well done yeah, absolutely. And from, you know, what you were talking about, these technical aspects where ostensibly they want to really bring us into Sam's world and help mm. us understand what it might be like um, for a high-functioning person with autism to be in the Olive Garden at a table with, <laughs> like, 20 people, it seems like. Paige's family yeah. is freaking huge right and yeah. how like intense and overwhelming that must be and I also love that um, you know from the actual technical and production aspects they do to when you know Sam has an incident or the big sort of breakdown and incident they then come back into showing him completely sucked in right 
he's got his mm. hoodie always like he gets really tight into himself um and there's that scene where um he's hiding from Paige under the desk at school in the science uh laboratory yeah, yeah. right and so it's really cool because in those really they're just showing how sort of you know fragile you know kind of how small and contracted Sam can become when yeah. the world's too much. Right. Him in the bed in the final episode. Yep. Covered and with his sweatshirt. Yep. The sweatshirt was a cool symbolic thing. How vulnerable he was when she took her sweatshirt. So then getting yeah. the necklace and that whole sort of arc of that to get. Yeah, really cool. And you really have to just be you know, for a show of this sort of, you know, even as heavy as it is being like, you know, still close to a half hour. It's fun. It's yeah. comedic. It's made for streaming. So it's really like a, a 30 plus minute streaming dramedy um, to bring back that term. And they, you know, we, as we've said, we don't know a lot about the creator, but they just really went for it. And I think you brought that up pretty early on, how uh, committed, I think the first, you know, when we're talking about the pilot, how just like really committed um, they seem to, and we can only, you know, just believe they were to creating this world and to showing us this story and to giving us an real insight into Sam's world and what it might be like to be high functioning uh, person with autism. Yeah. I'd be curious to know, and I may just Google this to find out yeah. that we have to do some research. You know, a lot of times, exactly. A lot of times shows have, you know, uh, like an expert on staff. Like I, I, it would make sense to me that they would have a clinical psychologist that they, they explored all these things with to make sure they were getting everything accurate and and mm -hmm. and utilizing, you know, everything to make this show all the inf current information, yeah, around autism. Absolutely, yeah. So we'll have to look into that and yeah. see. Uh, see, what yeah, did, yeah. What did you think of the final scene for the psychiatrist when? Um, but my, we finally meet Miles, right? He's in there and he's and he gets down on one knee and he's like, you win. And she's like, it's just like, I feel like she's just constantly been disappointed by this guy. And that yeah. was like this final disappointment. Like, really? You're going to propose to me like this? It's I awful. win? Yeah, yeah. it's awful. It, it added to the hooks. Uh, they really did a good job of being like, you're going to watch. If you like the show, you are going to watch season two immediately. <laughs> so it's, I'm glad that I pop. I did not continue watching it because the cliffhangers abound. And I what I yeah. what I liked too, a sort of underground theme of this show is ultimately that consequences actions have consequences, right? Or mm -hmm. consequences for one's actions. So there's a lot here and the consequences of the father's actions from the past, there's consequences from the mother's actions in the present that she can't escape, you know, at the end. Sure. And with the therapist and then even Sam, just him stepping out into the world and expanding his world, there's 
just sort of consequences to these that he doesn't anticipate. And yeah. I really liked some of his inner monologues around empathy mm. and how he talked about how he thinks. Some people think that people with autism don't feel empathy, but I do. Like, and I don't, I don't really get it right away or I don't, not able to acknowledge when it's happening immediately. But when I do realize that I've hurt someone, I feel really bad about it. Really bad, yeah. Yeah, and I liked all of those inner windows to the autism experience that only somebody with autism knows about and then we're we get to learn about. But I, I, I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from you know that to simply like just confronting limitations and you know, especially at the beginning of season one, um, we sort of get introduced at the moment that things like dating are just becoming a possibility to Sam. And so to start from this place of realizing like, oh my God, like, like he and his mom seemingly also just thought he would like never be able to date right at the beginning of this story the limitations seem crippling and yet we get to the end and he is able to date he is able to do all these things and we get so much (laughs) insight and i love yeah just towards the end um just the sort of resolution with him and Paige and um really like (laughs) his announcement to his (laughs) well it's so sweet too because that other kid, right? The other boy mm. who's in their school. I thought he, that his mother was from the group, that he was also autistic, and that they found themselves in a place with something to do, and they had to get the boys together, and they never, they never liked, it never worked them mm. being together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he also that um, that character is also on the spectrum um, as well. And yeah, it's funny they yeah, the only <laughs> the only thing they could connect over. <laughs> well, that scene was that scene was great. I mean, it was so great, especially really once great. they clicked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just amazing that um you know, they had no sort of primary interests. They had none of the same none of the same focuses or primary, you know, interest until they got to sex and uh, something they both were now very yes. interested in, very interested yes. in learning about. <laughs> yes, I have not, but I am planning on having it on prom night. <laughs> yeah, that was, he's like the way he sat up and just sort of responded. He's, Do you know about the bases? That was just a funny scene. Yeah, and, and conveying like, oh, these are the rules. You have to go to all the bases. And of course, <laughs> Sam loves rules and we can only, you know, surmise <laughs> that um, this this other boy, uh, if he is indeed on the spectrum, also probably loves rules and knowing the rules. Um, and it's also just fascinating because, yeah, like I can, once again, like I can identify with that moment, you know, with that scene, with just being put into situations even in high school and, you know, as a teenager where you're like forced to hang out with like your parents, friends, kid, um, you know, be it at home or on like a trip or something. Right. And you're just like, you don't know this person. Like you're looking around the room. You're like, I don't think we 
or the you know that similar, but you can always find some common ground and something that you can you know sort of share. Well, yeah, it always it goes back to these relatable moments that they they're framing within the story of this main character with autism. So even that, even that, like telling your friends about hooking up for the first time, right? That's a relatable sort of situation. And then his, so he does that, but it's to his parents. It's to like his immediate people right there. It's to his parents. (laughs) He doesn't get that. That's, you don't talk to your parents about that or (laughs) that scene was really great. Well, and what's so great about, you know, that really, you know, in the context of society is like, "Ah, why not? Like, why yeah. are you know that's just some like you know sure teenage sort of uh embarrassment embarrassment, embarrassment right. insecure whatever it is like yeah and understandable i was certainly that way right like at that age <laughs> but yeah that moment is amazing and it just it ah it's beautiful how in this culmination and a lot of climaxes in the final two episodes especially and the final one as you were saying, just a lot of great cliffhangers, a lot of stuff that keeps us watching. And also a lot of stuff that comes together and that there's something that's really beautiful about a lot of the actual action, like the things that happen in that final episode. It's Absolutely, the, the sister Casey entering the prom, that whole sequence. And the, putting the music, you know, seeing everyone dancing with headphones. And with and her, her friends. Her you know, friends, She's made yeah. up with her best, lifelong best friend and friends. Yeah, and just having her own moment with her friends, like her girlfriend moment, that's not like, I got a pressure of winning the track record or going to this interview at this prep school. Like It was very much just her being allowed to be a teenager and have a yeah. moment for herself. Like it was That was a... That was lovely. And then really just kind of running yeah. running into the father. And, and then seeing there. like what Paige had done for Sam. Yep. She'd been so yeah. hard on Paige earlier when she yelled at her. And yeah, yeah. just really touching. Um, and as we've said, it just it is able to touch on so many things really well. Um, emotionally, comedically, so relatable. And yet, as we've been saying from the start, a brilliant, brilliant view into autism and maybe one of the better, if not one of the best, modern stories that brings us into what it must be, what we imagine it is like to be on the spectrum. And... You know, just huge, huge thanks and kudos to everyone, you know, who who made this and who created such an amazing story that shows just a, a beautiful, you know, person uh, and family and community around him. And I think just is so hopeful and... There's some great storylines and there's some juicy stuff on all accounts. You know, he's basically Sam's now friends with benefits with Paige, kind of. And you got <laughs> yeah. Julia's whole story. You've got the cliffhanger with the note on the board, which, you know, you alluded to. We didn't directly address, but oh, yeah. Oh, man, what's going to happen there? So 
it's it's always it's always interesting when a character thinks they're in the clear for like a transgression, <laughs> yeah. right? And they're like clean slate and everything's great and we're gonna move forward and then it's just there's the note and the, here come the consequences. And I just <laughs> I love both these parents, Jennifer Jason Lee, Michael Rappaport, I talked about this previously. Um, but even that final scene you know, Michael Rapport's doing he's he's pulled back. He's he's understood uh, what level he needs to be at with this character in the show. Mm-hmm. And even that moment it was I found his restraint it, it to be really masterful as far as acting goes and just his restraint of being like that's weird, right? Like and you could see underneath like his lip kind of quivering like he just he had everything underneath, and it's yeah. like because that's that guy. That's that guy. It's that character that bottles it up, yeah. and he can't deal, so he runs away for eight months, or he doesn't tell his coworker, and so here he is at the end, and he can barely deal with like what is written on there coming to her with that. I just yeah. and then her being just totally busted. She's really um, gives you kind of everything, and is just such a, a wonderful actress, and and. And it's set up so well, too, right? Um, And so that, yeah, they're acting in that moment so amazing. And everything that sort of sets it up is amazing. (laughs) I love Casey. (laughs) Casey's preceding line. Yeah, I I left left a passive aggressive, just left a really (laughs) passive aggressive note. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's the least passive aggressive note ever. It's just 100% aggressive. Aggressive. Uh, but yeah, that's, um, I mean, yeah, from the delivery, you know, and performance in the moment to just everything they do to set that up with that board. And yeah, wow, it's, it's brilliant, brilliant television, Steve. And um, I know we, we have been glowing so far about this series and first season. And that is, I think, just, you know, great because this is an amazing show we could probably try to nitpick a couple of things here and there um nothing comes to mind though for me because yeah very few and far between and i honestly if anything it was just the pilot and the slow setup of like the first 15 minutes and i don't know if there's any other way to do that right and at times the dialogue is going was going for the comedy with some of the kind of smaller day player roles yeah. would have these sort of, they tend to like overshare. There was sort of like a weird theme of like oversharing by everybody mm. that, that threaded throughout the show. And sometimes it landed in really funny and other times it, it just didn't. But I think what that was trying to establish was what we talked about. That was so cool about this show was that it was dealing with such a serious subject in a light and funny way. So mm-hmm. there was just, um, at times, yeah. I really appreciated these sort of characters we would just meet that would have this reveal about their partner or their thing that right. was too much. And sometimes I was just kind of like, okay, you know. But it, I think for me, it 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 just was um, about that overall tone of keeping it light and keeping you in this place of a kind of happy engagement, and then yeah, dropping the hammer on the more serious moments. Absolutely, and it really makes me think of just any time you want to 
talk to people about harder things or introduce, talk about things that aren't talked about. Anytime mm -hmm. you want to bring people somewhere else, somewhere new, somewhere difficult, somewhere different, you need to meet people where they're at. And that, I think, is exactly what you were just pointing out. This show meets us where we want to be in a fun, really, really bingeable, digestible streamer. And it has equally fun and heavy and big wins and big blow-ups and sad and betrayal. You know, it really has yeah. everything. And I found myself, I would say, you know, more than the sort of heavier sad moments, I found myself really wrapped up in the, yeah, like the cheering on emotional moments or the like, sure. yes, Sam, or yes, Paige, like the, the big wins, like the vote in the PTA, you know, mm. uh, yeah. dance, meeting the vote about silent disco, you know, having the headphones or not. And some of those like real, like big emotional charge sort of wins, man, like I was standing up sometimes. Like I was, I was roused. Like it really roused me. And I felt so invested even rewatching uh, in the story and in the characters that really beautiful, beautiful storytelling and emotional work that they did in this first season. Totally. And it comes back to the relatability of this show and how we all struggle with things that are difficult in our lives. We strive to be happy, you know, and that's how we want to live our life. And there's sort of energy around this family and what's going on in this world. It's very real yeah. that we, that we, inherently want to be positive. We want to have a good time with our lives, enjoy our friends, enjoy our family, feel of value, feel, you know, experience things and things come up or we have to deal with things that are serious um, all the time. But it was the, the resilience and the real life moments. Uh, Casey racing her boyfriend up the stairs you know, that the kind of reveal of I love you. There's just like really sweet moments a lot, like like you're saying in the igloo with Paige and Sam when they find the role or find the title that they need to just be happy with each other. You know, it just took them so long to get there and they got there. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what certainly made the final moments with the parents that much more powerful because then all of a sudden they're in a <laughs> busted in a bad place. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, but yeah, really relatable while also being so informative, engaging, mm -hmm. and challenging um, at times uh, to watch. So just um, really great achievement from Atypical. I can't wait to keep watching. I wish we didn't have to pick another show and I could just keep watching Atypical really at this <laughs> point. But... But at least for now, Steve, <laughs> when we finish... A show's first season, it is time to pick a new show. So, you know, for people who also loved Atypical, there's a couple shows now that we have uh, we've flirted with, floated the idea of a second season 
And we may just have to do that, Steve. So uh, we'll report back. But now is the moment that everyone who's been following the show knows is coming, where we switch it up. And Steve picks a new show that we get to dive into the pilot of. So, Steve, okay. do you have your, your list ready? You're, we're pretty deep in our lists. We're getting down into the middle of our lists, and we might even have to refresh or throw in some second season. Steve, we're just really Yeah, and there's cruising. new shows that have come out sort of in the interim of now we're on our 35th episode, and there's probably another 10 shows that we could, we could <laughs> add to our lists over this past year. But for now, um, but I, it's time for Steve. Okay. To pick a new show. I, I do have my list. We are getting deep, so right. I'm not sure if you've seen this yet. Okay. Be interested if you haven't. Mm. Have you seen Atlanta on FX? Ooh. You know, I watched the very beginning of the first episode a long time ago. But I got kind of derailed, so I feel Not like the whole that's thing. a no. I feel like that's a no. Yeah, that's happened to me before. Sometimes you throw something on, and then something's happening, and you can't. Yeah, and, and you're like, "Well, this is a lot, but I don't, I don't have the time to invest in this at this point." Are you interested in investing some time in Atlanta? Yes, definitely. All right, cool. So, friends at home, we are going to watch the pilot of Atlanta. You can find that on Hulu. Mm -hmm. FX on Hulu. FX on Hulu. Love it. We're going to watch Atlanta, and we're going to come back and talk about it. Booyah. Join us next time for Shows with Friends, the pilot episode of Atlanta, starring Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover. Bye, friends. Bye. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts, and there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's Connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.